Hey there, everyone. Happy Friday. Welcome to Speak Now Pro Wrestling with your host, Denise Salcedo. It is Friday, October 27th, and we got WWE SmackDown to talk about. SmackDown did not air on Fox today. This was an FS1 show. Uh, a lot of you guys know what I mean by saying that it was an FS1 show. Not only did it, did it appear on FS1, but they only kind of, it was it was a show. There's quite a bit that we're going to get into, but it's really only like two big topics for the night and everything else was kind of just there. So I feel like this is probably going to be a uh, pretty quick review of SmackDown. I feel like there's only so much to say. Of course, next week when we're back on Fox, they kind of put a little bit more uh, salt and pepper on the show. You know what I mean? Spice it up just a little bit more. And of course, next week will be the go home show for crown juice so i am expecting a little bit more from that show but today's show uh was honestly a very very uh easy breezy one i would say uh but before we get into all of that i want to take a second and thank everybody in here for hopping on in we got a couple of people here in the chat saying they thought today's show was pretty fun it was simple it wasn't a bad show it wasn't like super crazy good but it was perfectly fine so it was a-okay but i want to get things started over with a super chat that i didn't get to read on the women's wrestling podcast that i did on thursday and this was a super chat that i got from uh farron wolf at he says Something that hurts me is criticizing Soraya. It is good that there is criticism, but I think they particularly attacked her uh, in disproportionate hatred. So um, really quickly on the subject of that, I know that this is kind of a little bit in a different direction. But, uh, you know, when it comes to Soraya, I do notice that she gets a lot of hate on the Internet. Uh, I see it everywhere. I see it on social media all over the place. And so I know that that's something that happens in regards to her work in AEW. A lot of it, unfortunately, hasn't necessarily hit the mark just yet. She's had some decent moments, but she hasn't had any great moments in AEW, aside from the moment where she won the all-in um the when she won at all in the AEW Women's World Championship, but that was kind of about it. So, anyways, thank you so much for sending in that super chat. I'm so sorry that I missed it on Thursday's show. If you guys missed it, feel free to check it out. That is the uh, best of women's wrestling for October 2023. So, for the next couple of months, at least for the remainder of this year, uh, I am going to be doing a uh, we a monthly podcast at the end of the month recapping the best in women's wrestling, and of course. That's an all-woman panel. So if you guys want to check that out, that episode for the October 2023 edition is up right now. Also, what's up? We got Sheldon Jackson in the house, and he's getting us started here. He's getting the DWO party started here uh, by sending in some more memberships. Much appreciated, guys. Uh, if you do get a membership, you are more than welcome to check out all of the stuff that I've been putting up, including all of the WrestleMania rewatches. I rewatched every single WrestleMania and did like a little review show for those. And then also you can check out some of the vlogs, including the one from Forbidden Door in Canada, as well as the London vlog, which I had a really good time with that one. Uh, so if you want to check that one out, uh, it's a pretty good stuff there. Uh, we also have Denisha Lane who says, Denise, I'm new to your channel. Also, thank you so much to uh, Denisha Lane. I did see your comment uh, earlier today, so I appreciate you 
leaving a comment, watching the stuff, and tuning into the live stream. It's very nice of you. All right, guys. So let's get to it. Let's talk about what went down here on uh, SmackDown. Again, FS1 show, so there was only so much to get into. But I want to kick things off with the biggest part of the night, and that is everything that has to do with Roman Reigns and L.A. Nutt. Yeah. God, you just have to do it. You just have to do it. It's so hard not to. Um, but anyways, so I got to tell you, LA Knight was super, and I mean super disrespectful to Roman Reigns here tonight. As a matter of fact, I cannot wait to see Roman Reigns whoop LA Knight's butt, man, whoop his butt all the way to LA daytime because damn, did he do some disrespectful stuff. So Roman Reigns is coming out and Roman Reigns' entrance, uh, uh, you know, put up the, put up an emoji, put up the one emoji in the chat, by the way, the finger up emoji. If you love Roman Reigns' theme song, first of all, LA Knight interrupted Roman Reigns' entrance. Not only did he disrespect Roman Reigns, but for us, the fans, he ruined the moment of us being able to listen to that incredible theme song that Roman Reigns has. See, we got over here. We got people in the chat out here putting up the finger, putting it up because we all acknowledge Roman Reigns and love the theme song. So there you go. But anyways, so he comes out, interrupts Roman's entrance, and not only that, Walks right past him. Uh, super rude. Wow. Okay. So if that wasn't rude enough, they're doing the contract signing. And instead of sitting on the side, usually people sit on the side. No. No. He sat at the head of the table. He sat in Roman Reigns' seat. And Roman Reigns, you guys know him. He's a little bit, he, he, he tends to, let things really kind of like sink in and he's not gonna burst out in anger no he sits down and he's you know he looks like he's really reading into Ellie Knight here and we get some back and forth between both of these guys and there was some really good stuff I would say that this was probably Ellie Knight's best promo work that we've seen from him in WWE last week on uh, the Smackdown post show I was kind of talking about how I have not really been a big fan of the Ellie Knight promos I will say that this one here that we got tonight was a big big uh improvement on what we have been seeing uh previously so this was perfectly okay anyways so Roman Reigns tells LA Knight that he must be stupid. He asked him if he ever had a championship match before and tells him that he clearly has no clue on what to expect. And then Roman Reigns went in a direction that I wasn't expecting him to go into. Literally, after he asked him if he's ever had a championship match and LA Knight didn't answer because he knows the answer is no, Roman Reigns says, I'm going to make it really nice. For your first time, I'm going to go really gentle with you. All right, sweetheart. I kid you not. If you miss this, I am not making this up. This is literally what Roman Reigns said. He's out here <laughs> making fun of LA Knight for being a championship match virgin in WWE. <laughs> um, and this was freaking funny. Uh, so I really loved that from Roman Reigns. And he ends up signing the contract. LA Knight tells him, like, you better not underestimate me. Like, yeah, this is my first time, but I only need one time to actually go ahead and defeat you. So Roman Reigns 
has enough of it. He doesn't want to hear Ali Knight. He gets the table. He throws it in Ali Knight's face. He starts stomping on him, stomping on him. But then Ali Knight returns the favor, starts stomping on uh, Roman Reigns too. And just when Ali Knight looks like he has the upper hand, Jimmy Uso, Jimmy Uso comes in and attacks Ali Knight. So this one here, I will say this. Jimmy Uso is always everywhere that you don't <laughs> expect him to be. He literally pops up all the time. And every time that he pops up, I always forget that he's actually going to come out and interrupt. So this I thought was pretty damn funny. Um, later on, we ended up having a backstage segment where Paul Heyman is showing Roman Reigns the Green Bay Packers championship belt. And Roman does not seem to like it. He does not look like a Packers fan whatsoever. Paul says he's going to give it to LA Knight, though, because this is the closest that the Green Bay Packers and LA Knight are ever going to get to a championship. That was a freaking good freaking line from Paul Heyman there. But then afterwards, we have Jimmy coming in. Him and Roman have words. And Roman basically asks him, like, what the hell was that? And Roman and Jimmy tells him, like, I played the wrong play. I called an audible. So Roman, Roman Reigns makes a match between LA Knight and Jimmy Uso. And that is the main event that we get here tonight. So anyways, main event time. I'm going to be honest with you guys. I'm going to be so honest. I'm about to turn heel here. I, I mean, I've been a heel for this one, but I was very surprised at the fact that at one point in this match, we got this was awesome chance. Because I thought that this match was, uh, it, it was, it was, Probably, no, I was going to say probably on the bet. It wasn't horrible. Okay, I'm not going to say that. It was nowhere near horrible. Nowhere near that. But it was generic. But the crowd was really into it. And I was like, okay, this was one of those matches where I really feel like the crowd made this match. Because they were popping for like every little thing that Ellie Knight did. I mean, he did like a, a DDT. And everybody's like, yeah, <laughs> having the best time with that. I will say this. My favorite part, though, was Ellie Knight smashing the head of Jimmy uh, in the commentary table. And every time he smashed his head, the crowd kept going, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he sped up, he sped up, and he's smashing the guy's head, freaking Jimmy's head, into the commentary table. And the whole time, the crowd's going, yeah. I did think that was really good, too. But we end up getting a Samoan drop from Jey Uso. We see the Uso splash. He goes for the pin. It's a near fall. Ellie Knight hits his vertical super. Flex, everybody always likes uh, uh everybody always gets really excited about that one because he does the whole thing where he hops on the rope so it looks pretty cool uh and he gets the win this was a strong victory for la knight to get a victory over somebody like jimmy uso uh in the manner in which he did i thought that this was a pretty strong victory for him and last week Roman Reigns, uh, after Ellie Knight had his whole match and everything that happened last week, Roman Reigns came out and speared him. This time, he tried it again, but Ellie Knight looked like he was anticipating it and instead uh, avoided getting speared by Roman Reigns and hit some with the BFT and, or is it the BFK? Oh, shit. Oh, yeah, the BFT. The BFT. I was right with the first one. Uh, the BFT. <laughs> you know what I was thinking, BFK? I think I was thinking about Burger King for a second. The BK. <laughs> Why the fudge was I thinking about Burger King? I haven't even had Burger King in years. But anyways, the BFT. 
He hits the BFT on Roman Reigns and stands over Roman Reigns tall. And that is the closing of SmackDown, guys. Now, I don't know where you guys are at on all of this. I'm still not expecting LA Knight to, to, to defeat Roman Reigns at Crown Jewel. Uh, I'm definitely nowhere near thinking that that's going to happen. But regardless, I thought that there was some good stuff for tonight, especially for, for LA Knight. The promo like I said earlier, was probably some of the best that we've seen him do. And then the main event, not a bad match. Not a bad match. Gets the victory over Jimmy Uso. If you ask me, that's two wins in uh, one night. I also like the way that he was super rude by coming out and interrupting Roman Reigns' entrance and then also sitting at the head of the table. I thought those were some really good extra touches to kind of give Ali Knight the sense of, badassery you know like he has to go out there and be a badass like that's the whole thing that's going to help him get uh you know help him get even more over right with the people people don't want to see a wimp out there they don't want to see that they want to see somebody who's kind of a little bit of a jerk and LA Knight was a little bit of a jerk by doing what he did to Roman Reigns. So I liked that. Uh, I like that they did those extra touches. Uh, I think it added a lot to LA Knight, uh, especially heading into that crown jewel match. Like you got to piss off Roman Reigns. And I think that LA Knight has successfully pissed off Roman Reigns with those uh, couple of actions there. And <laughs> thank you, Misfit Wrestling Podcast. I knew it. He says, BFK, have it your way. Thank you. That's the slogan, right? I remember uh, the second you, the second I saw it, I heard it in my head. Oh, great. Now I'm going to have to get, I haven't had Burger King in a long time. I'm going to stop talking about Burger King. They're not sponsoring this podcast. <laughs> we got a super chat here from Sheldon Jackson. Thank you so much to Sheldon who says, tonight's show clearly to me was kind of a throwaway show due to the World Series double taping tonight and Crown Jewel next week. Also, I await this message you said you would send me. Thank you, Sheldon. For rem I already, I was thinking about that earlier today, by the way. Um, please, right now in the chat, Please send me your social media handle, please, uh, so that I can go ahead and uh, give you some love because you definitely deserve it. And I was literally thinking about it this morning. I was like, damn it, I need Sheldon Jackson's social media so that I can reach out to him. Uh, Sheldon, thank you so much. And please put it in the chat right now. I'm going to be looking for it. Hunter Tillman, uh, who's been a member for nine months, says, hey, Denise, happy 1989 Taylor's version day. Yes, I've been listening to that nonstop on repeat. Between Taylor Swift's uh, 1989 Taylor's version and Britney Spears' new book, yeah, I have it. Yeah, I'm reading it. Uh, I'm like probably, I'm not halfway yet. I'm a little bit before halfway, almost halfway through with the book. I am like living my like pop fantasies uh, when I'm not working. That's literally what I'm doing. Reading Britney Spears' book and listening to Taylor's version of 1989. LRGXP says live from Milwaukee. Enjoyed the Cena segment tonight. Uh, don't know how the reaction came across on TV. No more Cena sucks uh, sing along. Now the pre-tape show. Uh, dude, man, have an awesome time, LRGXP. So the John Cena stuff, which we're going to get into in just a minute, I thought came off pretty good. The crowd was really into it. They always are. It's John Cena. Uh, if anybody's going to get the crowd up and going, it's definitely going to be John Cena. Misfit Wrestling Podcast says Triple H knows EO Triple H knows EO can wrestle other people, right? Look, I do not have a problem with them doing the match between Bianca Belair and EO Sky heading into Crown Jewel because the story is there. We'll talk more about that in just a second. Will Chisholm says, I did love the fans saying Jay is better to Jimmy. I wish my daughter loved me as much as the fans love LA Knight. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, Chisholm, you're super random and I appreciate it, man. Giuseppe sends in a super chat saying, Denise, when will you and SRS do the Taylor Swift, Brittany Mahomes, TD handshake celebration dance? No idea when we'll ever do that. Uh, Sean and I plan all these things and then never do any of it. Like literally, uh, we've been planning some like Olympic competition for like the longest time and I haven't even done it. Uh, but Giuseppe, thank you so much for the super chat. All right, Sheldon, did you already send this in? Hold on, I got to make sure I look for it. Hold on, one second, guys. I want to make sure I didn't miss it. All right, I'm still, I don't see it. All right, I'm still waiting for Sheldon to send that in. I want to make sure I see it before I move on at some point. All right, let's get into John Cena and what went down with all of that. So uh, this is the second biggest portion of SmackDown here tonight. And that is the stuff that we saw between John Cena and Solo Sokoa. So today, when most of you guys woke up and you either went on to Facebook or Twitter or your favorite wrestling site, wherever it is that you get your news, uh, you probably saw that a crown jewel match has been made official between John Cena and Solo Sokoa. And we pretty much knew that this was going to happen. Like this was a match that we knew was going to be made at some point. And I am looking forward to it because last week when John Cena teased his whole um, his whole thing about being not having won a singles televised singles match in 2002 days. Now it's seven plus two, 2010 days. Probably <laughs> we, we, he still, we thought he was going to have a match last week and they didn't even have a match. And so it was clear that they had to make John Cena sell a Sokoa happen at crown jewel. And that is definitely where we are going here. But John Cena pulls out the, uh, this, honestly started to feel like a therapy session. I started to feel like we, the people, were John Cena's therapist during this segment. And I say that because John Cena comes out and he's like super hyped, right? Like he always is. And he says, the fans have given him so much support and respect. But then he turns emo. He did this last week too. He turns sad. He gets serious. And he says, that he fears that this is now in jeopardy and that he feels that he is losing people's respect. And he says, like, we can't ignore the math in reference to the 2002 days. And the crowd starts chanting, you still got it. And this is when I started thinking, yep, this is John Cena's therapy session. Because John Cena looks up and he goes, what if I don't? <laughs> and he starts and, you know, he starts going on about how he doesn't want to lose any of this. I got to tell you, I liked this. As much as I'm making fun of it for being a therapy session, I really liked this because it's true. He could easily, like, I know that to us, the fans, John Cena is John Cena, right? He, you're not going to hate him. At least it doesn't feel like people hate him now, right? They hated him before, but it doesn't feel like people hate him now. He's, he's the GOAT. He's John Cena. Everybody knows who he is. And even if you don't like him, you probably respect him. Regardless, I feel like at this point, he's, 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 he's John Cena. Like no one is going to try to take that away from him at all, ever, or try to replace who he is and what he's done in the WWE. But from his perspective, it's a little bit different because he's like, I don't want to lose this. Like, I love this. I don't want to lose this. So now Crown Jewel, and this is where it became funny because he's really hyping up Crown Jewel. A lot of people say that Crown Jewel is the pay-per-view that they tend to miss because people see it as a glorified house show. 
So John Cena, of course, he comes in and he starts talking about how this is a can't miss show. I know you guys don't miss WrestleMania and all of these other pay-per-views, whatever. But he's like, do not miss Crown Jewel. Because for me, this is a must-win event for me. So then... By the way, John Cena's a pro hyping up Crown Jewel the way that he did. Only a pro can do that, and John Cena did. Paul Heyman comes out. And Paul, we know Paul, man. He's freaking great on the microphone. And he told this whole story that, like, swept me away. I was just sitting there staring, listening to Paul Heyman talk. Usually during promos, what I do is I listen to the promo I type out whatever big moments stood out to me or whatever it is that I want to make sure I talk about. But this time I was I was listening to this promo and I was just listening the entire way through because Paul Heyman does that. He's a storyteller. He engages you with whatever it is that he's saying. So Paul talks about how he's raised his kids to be more like John Cena than to even be like him, Paul Heyman. And that Roman proved, though, that John Cena is not the best anymore. And then Paul starts to put over John Cena. He starts to put over John Cena's mic work. And he tells him that he's the very best speaker out there in the business. He's like, you can talk. Like, you connect with people because you're able to make them convey certain emotions. And he tells them, I've been making a career of this. I'm a talker. Like, I do this. And he tells John Cena, you could have been me. <laughs> only Paul Heyman, only Paul Heyman would tell John Cena, who's gone off to be Mr. Hollywood, has done all of these award shows, is incredibly popular with kids, has done TV shows, movies, big movies too, big TV shows too. And Paul Heyman tells them, you could have been me. Like, yeah, bro. Uh, that was pretty funny. Uh, he tells them how he pissed off the bloodline. And then he starts to kind of, you know, get into his head a little bit. And he tells them, Solo Sokoa is going to hit the Samoan spike. That it's going to hit you in your throat. And the way that he was telling this was almost basically a warning. A warning of, do you want to lose your skill that you have, which is mic work, by getting into the ring with Solo Sokoa and having them hit the Samoan spike on you? I loved this. But then they quickly undid it. This was my only issue with the segment. My only issue with the segment for me personally was after Paul Heyman put over that Samoan spike and how it could impact John Cena. When Solo Sokoa came out and jumped John Cena from behind, I did not want to see the Samoan spike here tonight. I think they should have saved the Samoan spike until Crown Jewel because then when he would have hit it at Crown Jewel, everybody would have been like, oh shit, after everything Paul Heyman said about John Cena's voice and the way that he is on the mic and damn freaking Solo Sokoa just freaking spiked him in the throat. Uh, I really wish that they would have kind of saved it a little bit. So especially coming off of this promo. I wish that they would have held off on the Samoan spike here tonight, but he did the Samoan spike and lays out John Cena and John Cena is just there thrown on the floor. So I'm going to want to see like extra Samoan spikes when we come to crown jewel, like one ain't enough. Like Solos of has got to hit at least three Samoan spikes now at crown jewel. That was my only little issue with it because Paul Heyman really, really, 
brought out the significance and the importance of that Samoan spike. But anyways, we got a couple of super chats here. Thank you so much for everybody who's sending these in, by the way. Stephen Marchuli says, the booking of Reigns versus LA Knight is super important. You must both protect LA Knight and change typical overdone Roman match finishes. Honestly, I don't mind seeing the same thing from Roman Reigns this week, guys. I mean, they could, uh, if Roman Reigns, like I know everybody wants Roman Reigns to win cleanly. Uh, or the people that want to see Roman Reigns, they want to see him win cleanly. If you don't want Roman Reigns to win, then you don't care how he does. You don't care how he loses. But personally, I just, I, I think it would be an upset, honestly, if LA Knight were to defeat Roman Reigns. I think it would be an upset, at least for me, <laughs> maybe not for everybody, but at least on my end of things, uh, on my side, on my boat, this would probably this would be an upset in my opinion after everything that's been done with Roman Reigns. So, but like you mentioned, you want to protect Ellie Knight in this. I get it. I feel that they're going to do that by having Roman Reigns typical booking again and having like 100 people come out and help him. You got your Jimmy Usos of the world. You got your Paul Heyman's of the world. I know Sola Sokoa has his own business, but who's to know he might come out again and help out Roman Reigns. Who knows? Uh, Roman Reigns has got people to go out there and lend him a hand if need be. So that's probably what they're going to do. We'll see what they end up doing. John Deller says, do you feel like Dragon Lee moved to the main roster ra- rather quickly? No, I like what they're doing with Dragon Lee. Uh, he had a match today with Cedric Alexander, who's another guy that we've started to recently see them use again in the company because for the longest time, they really weren't using Cedric Alexander. But now they've started to use him a little bit more. And Dragon Lee, I like one simple thing that they've done with Dragon Lee. And that is that they have consistently had him out there on SmackDown. And I appreciate that little thing of consistency consistency because you don't often see them put over somebody like Dragon Lee the way that they have been. They highlighted him, they highlighted him well in that tag team match that we saw last week with him and um oh my gosh, Cameron Grimes uh against Austin Theory and Grayson Waller. I thought that they highlighted Dragon Lee very well in that and even some of the other things that he's done before, they've done pretty good with him there. So personally for me, I'm happy to even see them give a damn about a luchador that isn't Rey Mysterio on the show and the way that they have commentary, you know, talking about his family legacy, talking about the things that he's done. Uh, little things like that go a very long way. And you don't always see that, especially when it comes to Hispanic wrestlers. When it comes to luchadors, you don't always see that treatment. So for me, I'm just happy that they're even keeping him consistently uh, appearing on the show. And when he's on, even if he just gets a little bit, they make it seem like a lot more. So I was a fan of what they did with Dragon Lee here tonight and what they've been doing so far. Uh, now they just need to keep it going. They need to keep it going. And that's kind of about it. Uh, Dragon Lee got the win with an inverted DDT on Cedric Alexander. It was a fine little match, man. Uh, thank you so much to John Deller for sending in that super chat. All right, guys. Has Sheldon Jackson sent in his... his um? I don't see it yet. Oh, man. I would feel so bad if he doesn't send it in because then he's going to think that I didn't want to send the message. So hopefully I see it at some point. All right. Bianca Belair, that is our next topic here. So last week, Bianca Belair came back and she looked different. This was one of the things I was talking about uh, on the podcast is that I kind of felt like Bianca Belair just looked different. She she was wearing like different makeup, but this week she came back and she is pretty much looking 
exactly the same that she did before. And I had thought last week that maybe we might see her do something with Bobby Lashley and the Street Profits. This week, I'm kind of feeling a little further from that. I don't really feel like maybe that's what they're going to do. I feel like we're going to just keep seeing Bianca Belair as she is. I don't know. But she comes down and she cuts this promo and she talks about how when she was at home the whole entire time, she was thinking about when Damage Control attacked her as she should be. She was jumped by multiple women and they ended up taking her out for two months. So she says that revenge was the only thing that was in her mind while she was gone. So she spoke with, uh, I think she said Nick Aldis, and she's going to get her rematch with EO Sky at Crown Jewel. Now, I know somebody out here earlier was saying how they feel like EO Sky can wrestle a bunch of other people, but I do like seeing Bianca Belair get her rematch here because she is a former champion. And she was unfairly attacked by these women. So, yeah, she should want to get her revenge. She should get this match against EO Sky. So, personally, I'm looking forward to it. And I'm curious to see what the crowd dynamic is going to be like now. Because the last time when we saw them over at um, Backlash, the crowd was so for EO Sky. Again, we're going into an international crowd. I do not know what to expect. Are they going to be? Uh, I'm assuming they're going to be on Bianca Belair's side because right now she's the baby face and Eo Sky is the heel. But I don't really know. So we will see. Uh, I'm excited to see if the two months away that Bianca Belair was done is enough for maybe people to want to see her as champion again. Uh, I don't know if you guys want to see her as champion again already. Uh, I feel like. Truthfully, I could go either direction. Like they can give back the belt to Bianca Belair. I'm cool with that. Or they can have EO Sky successfully defeat Bianca Belair with or without some assistance. I'm cool with that too. Honestly, I'm good with either option here. Uh, it's not make it or break it for me. This is not one of those that's make it or break it for me. And which sucks because you want, actually that sucks. The fact that I don't care who would be champion sucks because we should care. And they haven't done enough to make me care about which direction they decide to go in. So you know what? What I thought was a good thing probably is not a good thing. So let's just get past that. Anyways, but before she gets to her match with EO Sky next week on the SmackDown, right before Crown Jewel, she's going to be having a match against Bailey. I'm excited for that because Bianca and Bailey have a very, very long history. They know each other very freaking well and they have done some of my favorite work that I have ever seen Bianca Belair do and as well as for Bailey I love the work that she did with Bianca Belair so I'm looking forward to seeing what they do on Smackdown all righty and <laughs> let's see what else we got here let's get into Let's see what we got. We got some predictions here. This one's from Tony. Where did it go? Here we go. Tony says, if Bianca Belair can't get the WWE Women's title, I would love to see Bianca team up with either Charlotte Flair or Jade Cargill. I got a couple of other people here saying they would also like to see Bianca and Jade uh, team up together. That could be something special. It could be something special. It would be something different for Bianca and something cool for Jade because if she were to team up with Bianca, I'm not saying that this is like the first thing that she does, but if at some point they did something like this, I think Bianca can take over some of the legwork in the match because we know Bianca is an incredible wrestler. Like, Point blank. She's an incredible freaking wrestler. So we know that she could probably help out Jade a little bit more on that end. And Jade brings, you know, the 
brings the aura. She brings the star power and matches it with Bianca because Bianca is also a star. So that could be something cool. I don't know if that's like the first thing that they would do, but um, it would still be something really cool. All right. So, okay, here we go. This is from Ender Buckley who says, alternative view is enough women are built up to be be believable that you'd accept any winner. Okay, I like your alternative view. We know EO Sky is a great wrestler, but I feel like I just think they need to spice up her reign a little bit more. Whenever she's in ring, great stuff. But I think more in terms of character, because to me, damage control, it's all Bailey. It's all Bailey. And I feel like I want to be more interested in EO Sky as a as a character. And I'm really am not. I'm only interested in EO Sky when she's wrestling. So that's like the only thing for me that is kind of that makes me dock a couple of points there in terms of my interest for EO Sky's reign again love her when she's wrestling but everything else character wise it's all Bailey Bailey's the one that is like very very captivating captivating in that way all right so that's where we're at with the women we got a couple more topics like I said this is going to be a very quick podcast because uh it's an FS1 show guys So there's only going to be so much to get into. But before we get into the final topics of the night, uh, just a friendly reminder that tomorrow I will be back here uh, to talk about AEW Collision. And we're going to have MJF versus Kenny Omega. What? Uh, So I don't know what tomorrow is going to look like, what the hell is going to happen, what's going to go down. But I'm excited to be here to talk about it with you guys. So if you're AEW fans, uh, please come in and enjoy that podcast. Uh, But please, if you haven't already, head on over to Apple Podcast, everyone. That is the place to go leave a review. I am currently at 64 ratings. I'm trying to get to 100 by the end of the year. There's only about two months left. So if you're listening to this podcast, if you've listened to it in the past, please leave a review. Even if you just watch the video versions, uh, chances are if you listen on audio, you probably already left a review. But if you're a video watcher, it still helps me out a whole lot. It helps my podcast rank higher. Uh, The higher it ranks, the more we get new people to come out and check out the podcast. And then that leads to more sponsorships. And so all of that just really helps me out a whole lot. So please head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. All right. Now, Let's go into the final topics of SmackDown. We got Bobby Lashley and the Street Profits versus Carlito and Santos Escobar. So what we got here, first and foremost, is finally a brand new theme for the Street Profits. We have been talking about this. Everybody's been talking about this. They're supposed to be bad guys now. They're supposed to be uh, kind of, they're, they're suave bad guys because they're out there hanging out with Bobby Lashley. And Bobby Lashley is dressing them up in suits. He's making them be more aggressive. And... They were still coming out to their uh, freaking song that gets you super hyped up and everybody wants to throw red cups and everybody wants to have a party because everybody wants to smoke. And so it was kind of feeling uh, it didn't match who they were anymore on the roster. So they gave them a different song. Uh, It was fine. It didn't really stick out to me. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I didn't hear it that well, but uh, it's not one of those songs that like grabs you right away. And I think part of the reason is because, well, they're bad guys now. So they really just like toned down the energy. It's fine. Um, I'll listen to it hopefully a couple more times now. But after that one listen with commentary talking over it, there was only so much you can get from that. But the point is, they got them a new theme song. Great. During the match, though, Logan Paul 
attacks Rey Mysterio in a backstage segment. This is going on as the match is happening. So Carlito ends up leaving to go help out Rey Mysterio. So then Santos Escobar is left there to try to fight both guys off himself. So it becomes a handicap match at this point. He's not able to do so. And the Street Profits get their victory. So this was kind of a cool way to uh, infuse two storylines, the Logan Paul, Rey Mysterio stuff, as well as uh, getting Street Profits their victory over Carlito and Santos Escobar. So I didn't have a problem with this at all. I thought this was fine. Uh, we even got a backstage segment, by the way, with Logan Paul. Uh, he runs into Kevin Owens. And the best part of all of this has nothing to do with Logan Paul. It has to do with Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens manages to punch two guys at once. One swing and he takes out both Grayson Waller and Austin Theory. Uh, I posted the little gif on these on my Twitter account. Check it out because it is funny as all hell. Uh, he just bam, bam, knocks them both out. We got one last match to get into. Shotzi, very quick match, defeats Chelsea Green. Uh, I feel like they've kind of toned down Ch Shotzi's crazy mad womanness. I want them to circle back to that and amplify it a little bit more because it started off really hot with her shaving her head off, her hair off, and, you know, scaring Bailey. And they've kind of toned that down a lot. It almost feels like they really kind of let it go. No, bring it back. That was what made Shotzi like really, really freaking cool. So I want them to circle back to that and just make it a little bit stronger, honestly, uh, because that's what I was thinking about as I was watching this match here. And that's it. That's SmackDown. Next week, we are going to be seeing Bianca versus Bailey, as I mentioned. And we're also going to be seeing Logan Paul and Rey Mysterio do a weigh-in ahead of their U.S. championship match at Crown Jewel. Uh, by the way, I agree with Tony here who says that Shotzi's pinhead looks so freaking uh, bad ass. I freaking agree. I agree. I love it. She, uh, The way that she looked all of Halloween Havoc was really freaking cool. Like She's really into the horror stuff. So she went like balls out uh, on her costumes. I loved it. Also, speaking of costumes, keep an eye out, guys, because I'm going to be doing three, maybe four looks in the next couple of days. Uh, and I'm really excited. I think the tomorrow's going to be the first one and it's the best one in my opinion. Uh, so I cannot wait to show you guys what I've been working on for Halloween. You guys know I love Halloween. You guys know I love to get dressed up. So I cannot wait um, for you guys to see all of that. Uh, but that's it, guys. That is it for us here today. I want to thank you guys so much as always for tuning in. And again, I will be back here tomorrow for AEW Collision. Um, thank you, everybody. And please do not forget, go right now, right now. It's the first thing you guys do. Go to Apple Podcast and leave a review. Thank you guys so much. Bye-bye, everyone.